What is up, everybody? Sean Sheehan back here with another edition of the Sheehan Show. And today I'm joined by special guest uh, Brad Warren as we look ahead to Cage Warriors 131, uh, which goes down only in, in, in a couple of days uh, over in, in the UK. No trilogy this time, Brad. Obviously, we have Cage Warriors commentator, Brad Warren. I should, I should have introduced you, you like that. No trilogy this time, but we have two events and we're looking ahead to the, to the first one today. A few days out now. Well, maybe. Yeah, around the week out now by the time we're recording this uh anticipation levels the last of the year it's a good time for mma events isn't it a few weeks out from christmas get that last mma event in and then we're all set ready for christmas yeah you know it used to be great doing the old uh, new year shows of the helix but you know i think doing it early december means everyone can have uh, a couple of drinks and a nice big christmas dinner and not have to worry about uh any weight issues uh going into the new year so yeah it's good not a lovely christmas present for european mma fans indeed yeah i, I uh I think I was around for maybe one or two of those Helix ones. I was more of a the UFC guy back then, but I was like, nah, nah, not doing it. Like, I think it's great for watching it at home when you're, you know, you're inside and you're having a few drinks and stuff, but actually going to the event and, and covering and everything like that, I, I don't think it's the best. But this is the, this is the time of the year. October, November, December, I think is, is perfect time for MMA and even coming into the new year again. But uh, we, uh, we, uh, we have a f- couple of fun cards coming up here. I think, like, the last time we spoke, we, we kind of briefly mentioned, I suppose, before we get into the card, how Cage Warriors would rebound after, you know, Paddy Pimblett and Ian Gary both went at basically the exact same time, you know, over the last few years. Obviously, we've known from Bisping to Hardy to McGregor to, you know, Jack Shore and all them lads going to, uh, you know, Daniel Wood and, you know, Neil Seary and everyone you could name over the few years um, leaving. Uh new people have to emerge and I feel like coming into this card it's been a little bit under the radar but even t- I talked to Ben Elliott last week looking at some of the fights coming up here watching uh, watching some of the fighters to prepare for this I- I've kind of got the buzz and hopefully we can create a bit of a buzz for people here today as well but how, how are your anticipation levels I suppose coming into the, 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 the fight this time? Yeah, it, it definitely feels a little bit different this time. Obviously, it's it's two shows rather than just three. And I think the main difference is obviously that there's a lot more MMA going on in the world now than there has been over, over the past couple of years. So yeah, we're kind of uh, we've had we've had a week off with the UFC, but we're kind of back in that cycle now of like big events every weekend. But I think you know personally. The, the last sort of week or so been doing my final prep and you know just interacting with social social media people that I know uh, who are Cage Warriors fans the anticipation is building now uh, and, and like you say you know the likes of Paddy uh, and Ian Gary have, have moved on to the UFC now so there's going to be a lot of guys I think on this next weekend coming up who are going to be looking to make a statement and say hey I'm the next guy for Cage Warriors uh, I, I want to concentrate here on the top three fights, and we'll we'll talk briefly about the um, uh, about the undercard as well, and and the other one and, and the main card. But I, I want to talk about that Owen Elliott fight first of all that I mentioned there. I I think that might be uh, the the standout fight of the weekend. I think it's a fantastic fight uh, against Matters Flaminas. Um, you know, haven't spoken to Oban. He just he seems like in a great frame of mind at the moment. He seems like a guy who uh, has kind of put all the, the the bad things about his his uh, health issues behind him, and he's really in 
you know, full steam ahead to where he's going. This is a tough matchup, though. You know, we were talking about George Hardwick in a second. I watched George Hardwick versus Manners Filamina just uh, this morning before we did this, and he's a very, very good fighter. You know, really, really good fighter. Um, what, what, what's your take on on this matchup uh, with uh, Filaminas? But I know about Elliot as well. Well, look, you know, Flaminas is a guy who, if we think back, he was in that welterweight tournament. So that kind of shows you how highly he's regarded and his sort of position in the pecking order. Uh, obviously ran into Jack Grant and, and was submitted there. But, you know, there's, there's no shame in losing to Jack Grant by submission. Uh, if you look back at his previous fights, he's super awkward, really hard to get a read on in terms of the stand up. Uh, and you've got to believe that that's going to be Orban's game plan, right? He's, he's a boxer by uh, he's a boxer by trade. Um, and he's going to be going in there looking to plant one on Flaminas's chin. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can get Flaminas's movement patterns down, get his timing down. And look, there's a lot in this fight for, for both guys. You know, Flaminas is a guy who's he's got a good record. He's a big step up for Oban, but he doesn't want himself pigeonholed into this gatekeeper position. And to take out a huge prospect like Oban Elliott, who's got a lot of hype behind him and has a, a presence on social media, that's a big scalp for Flamina. So you best believe that, you know, he's not wanting to drop one here. And for Oban, you know, you know the, the issues he's had have been well documented. He, he came back against a very big uh, welterweight last time, looked the part at welterweight and made a, a huge statement. He needs to carry that momentum on now. You know, he's, he's got designs, as, as we said, of being that next guy for Cage Warriors. And, you know, you talked about it uh, when you interviewed him last week about you know, being the next big star. He's got all the tools inside the cage. He's certainly got them outside of the cage. He's going to beat guys like Flaminas, though. It's funny, I... I... Speaking to uh, the, the odd time I put up after Cage Warriors card, I put up, uh, I want this fight or something. And then I get like a DM for you indeed, like, hold your horses. That guy is not ready there yet or whatever. And it feels like, you know, this matchup is one of those ones where maybe, oh, is he ready? Is he there yet? And even talking to him about himself, he, he said he didn't realize, you know, the, the, the amount of experience that Matters Fluidas actually has. Uh, and it's it's a big step up. And obviously, you know, Yindin knows a lot better than, than me or you. And if he believes he's ready for that step up, then he, then he definitely is. But yeah, to me, that's definitely a standout fight on, on this uh, on this uh, duology, as I like to call it, of cards and uh I'm I'm really really looking forward to that. As I said, you know I've 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 said on on that video, and I I, I mean I think Oban could be the next guy coming through, but he could also lose this fight, you know, because Flaminas is is absolutely no joke, as you said there. And uh, I'm I'm uh, you know I'm I'm really really looking forward to this and 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 seeing uh, seeing how it goes. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a good way I suppose to start the the the, the top trio of uh, of fights here. Uh, so one part of obviously a Cage Warriors uh, weekend that we always look forward to is the uh, the lightweight uh, title portion of the weekend. Obviously, John McCulligan uh, gave up his his lightweight title, and now we have George Hardwick versus Mehdi Ben Lakhtar. You know, we're talking about fun fights. This is fun fight written all over, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, Mehdi's kind of been that guy who's been ready for a title shot for some time now, which is weird when you think that, you know, he, he's only, uh, I believe, 6-0-1. Um, but, you know, the guy's obviously a high-level operator. I know he's got uh, a lot of uh, boxing background as well. He, he told me uh, a couple of Cage Warriors events ago that he likes to keep all the footage as far away from social media as possible so uh, no one can uh, can do their tape study on him. But, you know, we, we've seen what he can do in the cage. He's, uh, he's lethal with his hands. And Hardwick, you know, he's um, one of these guys who's 
come in sort of towards the end of the trilogy era. Um, you know, we've obviously seen a lot of him before on the UK and European scene. And he, he's come in, he stopped two guys in a row, including former featherweight champion Dean Truman. He stopped with that body shot and he's instantly put himself in this position where he's a contender. You know, I, I think if uh, if McColgan had uh, kept the title, we'd probably be seeing Ben Lackdahl versus McColgan first. But this is a great opportunity for Hardwick. You know, the uh, the ball's been left and he's picked it up and run with it. So a huge opportunity for both guys. And something to really look forward to as well is that, you know, it's very likely that the winner of this fight will fight John McColgan at some point next year. And, you know, that's, uh, that, that, that's a tasty scrap either way. Obviously, you know, I haven't seen uh, Ben Lackdahl against McColgan. Anyone who's seen that fight... Is looking forward to a very bit Lactar fight. How, how could you not? I suppose he's just one of the most exciting fighters around. And when you look at uh, when you look at George Hardwick as well, like it's this. You know, I I, I mentioned fun fight. I, I suppose there's hard. It's hard to call this anything but a fun fight. But if you look, if you look at Ben Lactar, okay, he he has six fights and Hardwick has nine fights. It's not that much of a difference. But I feel like. Apart, apart from the Joe McCulligan fight, maybe I feel like Hardwick is maybe a little bit more schooled in terms of, you know, he fought in the big Bellator card against Richard Kiley and he fought, you know, all around the best and his brother is in there as well. I, You know, I think maybe people might think, might seem maybe Ben Lactar is a little bit ahead of George Hardwick, but I think maybe that experience level and stuff might bring it a bit even. Like, this is one of those fights where... You know, it felt like Benny Bin Lakdar was being primed to be kind of a cage warrior champion and be brought there, but he's he's not getting it easy. He's absolutely not getting it easy here, and it's uh, it's one of those matchups where you know it's it's hard to pick a winner here, and I wouldn't be surprised whoever comes out on the uh, on the top end of this one. But yeah, it's a, it's a really really fun fight, and I'm I'm really really looking forward to it. But um, you know, so one thing on French MMA because I know there's a there's a few French lads uh, on this card and, and throughout the, the weekend as well. You know, you you we've spoken on, on past previews before about the you know I suppose French MMA and where it's come from. But a few words from you on that, like the the guys coming through there are just they're really really good and and. From with French MMA kind of becoming you know legal now, I suppose if you if you want to put it that way and the. You know, before there was lots of fights where it was mixed rules and not proper MMA rules. It's really a great time for French MMA now, where we can kind of get the the cream of the crop from France coming through. Absolutely. Uh, you know, if you look at um, you know the, the challenger in the, in the main event, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute, um, uh, Jati Milan. He's been fighting for many, many years, and you look at the first couple of fights on his record from uh, the 100% Fight Show. And there were two five-minute rounds, not full MMA rules. That's what these guys have had to deal with. Um, you know, as a result of that, a lot of French fighters have traveled the world and they've got used to fighting guys in uh, in people's backyards, used to being the away fighter. And that prepares you, you know, going through the ringer like that. Um, so it's, it's great for those guys to have that experience of traveling and you know they're not they're not used to only being the home fighter really in their careers but it's great now that MMA is legalized in France um you know if you saw Cage Warriors president Graham Boylan's tweet a couple of weeks ago about adding a new country to the uh to the the list of Cage Warriors destinations I mean I don't know but if I was a betting man I would assume that France has got to be on the list right I I know um they had announced a show in France Two years ago, before COVID hit, there was a prospective date in France that Cage Warriors did actually come out and announce. So it would surprise me greatly if France wasn't in the uh, plans for next year. So a lot of these guys, again, Mehdi Ben Lakdar and Jati Milan, 
They're going to be wanting to get a win at this Double Trouble event and take a Cage Royce belt back to France and defend it on home soil next year. A hundred percent. Yeah, and it's it's a big time, and it, it, as as you said, you know, um, with the uh, with Sharia coming through as well. Like if if you can get him on the card, maybe against the uh, the winner of the, the the hopefully the featherweight title fight that'll be coming up uh, between Hughes and, and Vucinic in the new year, maybe next summer, that could be massive as well. You know, because we know about his following. We've spoken about that before, but yeah, it, it it's a it's a big time uh, for for Inch, I mean, hopefully, uh, you know, Cage Warriors have always done great things in Europe, and hopefully. That's the the next destination. But you mentioned that the main event, Jatty Milan versus Matt Bonner, and uh, you know, watching a bit of, I, I obviously you know Matt Bonner, we've seen him, you know, in cage wars for a good while and, and winning the title and everything like that. And the the people he's beaten in the last while have just you know been phenomenal. And maybe he's taken a step over where everyone could have imagined he he'd, he'd go in his career. You know, real real overachiever and sky's the limit now. And there's no such things overachieving for him anymore. I don't think uh, by the way he's he's fought. But looking at Milan, I, I fought in Cage Warriors a few years ago and I, I went to watch that fight just to kind of get a sense of him. And you know, sometimes you're watching a guy and you're like, oh, this guy's a really good striker and you know, what kind of strike is he going to go, go next uh, or throw next? And then you see this big double leg take down in the middle of the cage and you're like, oh shit, he has that too. He, he really is one of those fighters. And you know, for anyone, but for someone like Matt Bonner, if you're looking at him, you're thinking like, okay, what's coming next? And it just makes for a fun matchup because we know Bonner, you know, he's stand up and, and him on the ground as well. He, you know, an all around very good fighter. But give us your sense for both of these guys. What, what type of a matchup you think this is going to be? I think it's a tricky one for Bonner, isn't it? I know exactly the takedown you're talking about. I think it was like a straight left hand and then instantly into into the takedown to set it up. So it's good to see, you know, guys um, at this stage of their career operating on that kind of smooth level where they're mixing things up with the striking and the takedowns. Always dangerous. Look, I think the the thing about Milan is he's a bit of an enigma, right? Because he's got seven fights and he's averaging basically one fight a year for the last seven years. So there's a couple of interesting things there. You never know how much he's going to have improved since you last saw him. The other thing is he's not got seven years worth of wear and tear on that body. Unless there's been some serious injuries that we don't know about, he's going to be really fresh. And, uh, you know, Bonner's had a huge strength of schedule, right? He's competed very, very regularly. Um, On the flip side, you know, I I think Matt Bonner's one one of the most probably unlikely champions that Cage Warriors has seen over the past few years. And that's not a knock on Matt at all. It's just that if you look back to the start of the trilogy era, he was 6-6-1 six, six and one and, and coming off a loss in uh, in 2019. So y- you would not think that 18 months down the line, that guy's going to be 10-6-1 and one and the world champion. But that's testament to Matt. It's testament to his tenaciousness, his toughness, his skill set, the team he's got around him. Everything's clicked and he's riding a huge, huge wave of momentum. He's only looked better, in my opinion, across the trilogy. And why, why would you expect that to change against Milan? I think the crucial difference between these two guys is that Milan has never gone into the championship rounds before and we've seen Bonner come on strong. So there's an unknown quantity with Milan in that fourth and fifth round, whereas we know Bonner can go and go and he can actually turn up the heat as the fight goes on. So... I think this fight will be decided in round four and five. Yeah, it's it's a really really interesting one, and you know to to kind of round out the card with, with those three fights, I think is uh, is a fantastic way to do it. I'm I'm really really looking looking forward to it. Uh, uh, I, I'll probably be doing my Breton preview. Hopefully the the uh, the betting odds will be out by the by the time, but it's. 
And those are all those are three tough fights. If you're looking at betting, those are three tough fights to bet on. I, I, I like thinking about it now. The betting lines aren't out yet, but it, like it's hard to know even where the betting lines will be in all of those. I, I, I would think Bonner will be a bit of a favorite, but like you know, maybe that's because of as you said, there isn't that much uh, video there or tape to, to look on 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 Milan, and it's uh, it's what it also where like if he comes in there with that double leg at the at the start after landing a couple of shots, you you could be thinking for Bonner, oh, he could be in trouble here, but. As we've seen in in his last few fights, there's uh, it's not that easy against Bonner, so it's it's a, it's a really really fun fight, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, on the undercard, in I suppose we we finish it off looking at looking at some of these fights. You know, names on that Liam Gittins versus Kingsley Crawford is is the standout one for me. John and Di, I know you've a soft spot for John down through the years, and Todd Beerns as well. Uh, what couple of fights stand out for you? I know Luke Riley's on the card as well in in his second fight. There's there's a you know a few from next year a few down in London as well on the card which couple of fights stand out for you on, on that undercard well you've got you've seen Belhaj versus Danilo Bawado. Um, you know Danilo we, we, we've seen before um, and you've seen we've seen before you know both very exciting guys so that should be a kind of an all action fight um, really looking forward to that one and you mentioned it you know Jean Andoy versus Tom Maines um, big difference here for Tom Maines is that he's fighting at featherweight again his coach Danny Batten has been telling him for a long time you're a featherweight, you need to be at featherweight, but he's had work commitments and life commitments outside of the cage that's meant, you know, he's just not been able to focus that much on getting that weight down and he's been competing nearer to his natural weight. The results haven't gone his way in Cage Warriors recently. That, that That's a fact. But he's gone to the Cage Warriors Southeast Academy, picked up a big win there. He's back down at featherweight now. For me, Jean and Doy uh, has been one of the pound for pound most entertaining guys on Cage Warriors over the last 10 years and we know Tom Mains loves a fist fight so that should be violent I'm looking forward to it I'm looking forward to it I'm looking forward to this whole card Brad I, I appreciate the time we'll uh, we'll have a look at Cage Warriors 1-3-2 uh, as well but for now 1-3-1 going down it should be a really really fun card and I'm looking forward to hearing your commentary as well it's uh, it's nice to have someone uh, with a bit of knowledge in the, in the commentary box for a month Brad thank you very much thank you to everyone for listening I will see you all next time